Hello, this is Madeline from Midway. David Nance. Seth Graham. Kiaville. Mike from Uniform. Lee Noble. Braden J. Hey everyone, welcome to the relaunch and rebirth of the Tome to the Weather Machine podcast. I'm really excited to bring you this interview with Cincinnati local artist Fritz Pape. Fritz's music is truly wonderful and I suggest that you go buy all of his stuff from Bandcamp right now. Then head over to Tome to the Weather Machine's Patreon page for exclusive inter- interviews with Mesthetics and Autumn Pool. There you'll also find exclusive interviews, mixtapes from this month's featured label, Oxel Recordings, as well as Patreon subscribers get 50% off of all Oxel records. All Tone to the Weather Machine mixes, as well as some of these interviews, will remain free, but any support you can provide is much appreciated. Your contributions will help me purchase decent recording equipment and allow me to continue putting out great music through Whited Sepulcher Records. As always, support the artists and labels you love by buying directly from them. That's it. sitting down with Fritz Pape. Fritz Pape is a musician who lives here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, You play mostly ambient drone music under your under your given name. Yeah. But that wasn't always the case. It's not always the case. All right. So we're going to start. Well, first, I guess I should just like give an introduction to what we're doing here. Um, So First, I need to apologize for the noise in the background. I have a dog um, who is deaf, um, but that is no excuse for um, her terrible social behavior or misreading social cues like it's time to start a podcast and um, she wants to play. So so if there's some rustling in the background or her barking like crazy or us having to constantly move because we're throwing a toy for her. That's what's happening. But So this is the um, Tome to the Weather Machine podcast 2.0. Um, I did this for a while and then kind of stopped because life got too crazy. Um, but I'm in a good spot and where I'm able to um, have these really interesting interviews with people in Cincinnati as well as um, musicians who are traveling through Cincinnati or who I'm traveling to go see. Um, and what I'm really interested in is um, where people are coming from, people's origin stories, as well as answering the question, what's a nice person like you doing in a weird music genre like this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's the way that we'll, um, we'll take it. Um, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with this podcast yet, if it's going to be part of just um, something I release for the tome or if it's going to be part of a, a larger plan that I have um, that involves Patreon. I don't know. We could be listening to this like well in the future, and that's already well established, and this is um, pointless preamble. Um, but we can just start. So, Fritz, um, you are from Cincinnati. I sure am. Okay. I, uh, 
Where? I grew up in Northside. In Northside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, you're a Northside um, lifer. Yeah. Not anymore than you're in Clifton. Not anymore, yeah. Oh. I moved up to Clifton um, not too long ago. Okay. Where, then where in Northside? Uh, so, if you, if you head towards the Comet, um, like right... Oh, that's fine. Like right before uh, the bend towards the Comet, there's like a hill... Mm-hmm. That goes way up into like some woods, and mm-hmm. then another hill that goes into some further woods. Whoa! What's um, so? This is um, for anybody not in Northside. This is um, pointless <laughs> trivia. <laughs> like, what's the name of the street called? Uh, Westview. Okay. Cause I, yeah. Oh yeah, because I probably like run it. Probably. Yeah. It's I, like way way up up by a spyglass apartment. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, my folks live in like a little house that's kind of. Before there, but down a little. Hill. Okay. So, um, so you grew up in Northside. Did did you have the conception growing up that Northside was a place where uh, live music happened, where artists lived, where it was sort of um, creative types lived? Yeah. When I was like, for more context, like that place is pretty far away from the main right. strip of yeah, yeah, yeah. activity. Um, and it wasn't until I was, like, maybe 13 that I started, like, venturing out and mm-hmm. kind of exploring. And mainly uh, going to shake it. Okay. To, like, buy records when I was, yeah. like, starting to get into music. Okay. Um, and, you know, around that time when I was sort of aware of life and stuff, um, I kind of knew it was, like, the hip place. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily that it was, like... For live music, but mm-hmm. I knew that, like art was happening yeah. there, so that was kind of always in my brain. Yeah, and um, so just to kind of give some context and like time frame, when did you graduate from high school? Twenty twelve. Okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this was happening very like, like in a short period of time from when we're talking to like when you sort of became aware of yeah. what was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you went to Shake It a lot. What were some formative record buying experiences? Oh boy. And and like and please like I, I don't believe in the concept of guilty pleasures. I think that's like a bullshit term. Um Damn and, right. and so please like like my first tape that I ever bought was Enigma. Um Sick. so <laughs> so please don't like feel like you have to like oh I was like really into like Masana, you know, like when I was like, thirteen, like oh, you, you know. know. So, yeah, feel so, free to um, elaborate on some early critical music um, touchdowns. So, okay. Uh, when I was, like, an infant. Okay. Okay. This is a record buying You're story. really into John Cage. Really into John Cage. Okay. Um, no, my dad would play uh, Pat Metheny, like, mm. all the time. Okay. Um, it was, like, one of his favorite musicians ever. So, like... You know, going back now, like, listening to those records that he played, like, you know, they're stuck in my brain. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I heard this, like, on every single mm-hmm. car trip, yeah. anywhere and everywhere. So, like, Pat Metheny and, um, In a Silent Way by okay. Miles Davis. Wow, okay. That so was... your parents were kind of, like, jazz jazz heads. My dad is. Okay. Um, I don't really actually know what my mom listens okay. to. That's fair enough. Uh, but my, sometimes. Yeah, my dad, like... It's kind of funny. I was talking to him about this yesterday. He uh, he's got a huge, huge record collection. Um, 
nowadays what he listens to is like bluegrass. Okay. And uh like Oh god, what's his name? Oh god, who's the return to forever guy? Oh, um Chikoria. Oh, Ch- Chikoria. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um a lot of like Chikoria and kind of stuff like that. Um but he, you know, he's got like a bunch of like Anthony Braxton records, Whoa. like all this free jazz shit. Far out. Um and I was talking to him about it, he was like, yeah, I can't. I'm too old to listen to that stuff now. <laughs> Is he going to Cropped Out this year? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was talking to him about it. I was like, do you want to come? And he was kind of thinking about it. So, maybe. Um, but, you know, so, like, he played those records for me as a baby. Um, Anthony Braxton? Anthony Braxton. Is that where it all went wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, <laughs> just specifically... Really um, damaged? Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, uh, in a silent way. Oh, okay. coming to realize now cool. that like it's a good baby record. It's a good baby record. Yeah, not good. not like it's like, but it's like baby. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> that would be like super chill to like yeah. grow up listening to. Yeah, especially like the uh, the title track, mm-hmm. um, and that like you know opening kind of meandering riff. Mm-hmm. I very much remember hearing cool. my whole life. Uh, my dad was really into John Tesh. So cool. I don't know who that is. Oh. <laughs> He's like a uh, cheesy, like new age piano guy. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> but like it. not like sub sub Wyndham Hill, like okay. like popular like like you buy it at a Bed Bath he, and Beyond. Or something. Yeah, well, like he's like now an anchor on like US Today or you know like one of those okay. shows. You, you know, like <laughs> Entertainment Weekly or something like that. We yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um. So, you know, like, there was always kind of weird music around when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was, uh, I didn't listen to music at all until I was, like, 12. Okay. You um, just, like, had a no, you just weren't in. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. I wanted to be. You're, a, like, into talk radio? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> no, I wanted, to, well, actually, yeah, I wanted to be an author. Oh, okay. Uh, for a long time. And you just, like. Authors can't listen to music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. No, I just like it. Just had no interest, or I had no interest in it. Um, you know, of like actively going out and seeking mm-hmm. stuff for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and then you know, like I got an iPod or something. Okay. When I was yeah. Twelve. Yeah. I was like, okay, like let me let me check out this whole this music thing. So when you wanted to be an author, who who are you reading? <sighs> Boy. I think just Harry Potter. Okay, and cool. Like, you know, I yeah. can't even remember. Good, answer. I thought you were like, oh, John Steinbeck. Or <laughs> I wanted to be. I was listening to. I was, uh, I was listening to. I was reading uh, Infinite Jest when I was. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> that, that's when you started it, and you like finished it last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Me too. <laughs> oh, you did? Did you finish that? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but like when I when I got the iPod, I was like, all right, let me kind of you know get a handful of songs that I know from movies and stuff Mm -hmm. or something. Um, And then I started really getting into the Beatles. Okay. Um, And for a long time, I was uh, the kid in high school who was like, uh, if you listen to anything other than the Beatles, Mm -hmm. you're a piece of shit. Right. I hate you. Yeah. Um, I mean... Did you also lots did, of friends? Did that, did that correlate to like a lot of like Beatles band T-shirts or like? Oh hell yeah! Did you also have a Pink Floyd phase? I absolutely did. Good. Because um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember exactly. Because the Beatles thing lasted for a while. Uh huh. It was very like, 
I get I get really like honed in on artists. What what like what about the Beatles appealed to you so much? Man, I don't even know. And like, was it like their like more experimental like yeah, like all nine shit? I was or? really well. Okay, or like help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was definitely into like post Sgt. Pepper's. Okay. Um, the White Album was my favorite. Okay. Um, when I was young, maybe like ten or eleven, my dad. Uh, played Revolution Nine mm-hmm. in the car when like really late at night, and I very distinctly remember like screaming in the back for him to turn it off because cool. it was scary. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I remember him like laughing about it up front. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, now here I am. I remember being. Fest. I remember being scared by music as a yeah? kid. Yeah, really. Like yeah. all of it? No, no, no. Just like there'd be like scary songs and I, and like Pink Floyd like, yeah. like freaked me out. Um, like some like the Wall like scared me to death. The wall is freaking. Um, and a very distinct music memory I have is being uh, on a car trip with my mom and I, and so this is what I would do. I would convince her um to to let me buy or to buy for me like these like really shitty like uh radio rock bands like CDs um that sometimes like would have like questionable lyrics but I would like I, I would I would like read I would like read deeply into lyrics like no mom this is actually like a really positive song it was like you know like post grunge like like okay. mid to like late 90s and so there was a Better Than Ezra CD okay. um do you, are you familiar with this band I know of the okay. band okay um and this is back when um bands had hidden tracks um yeah. where they you know at the end of the album you would just let it run um and then you know th- there would be like some extra track so we were driving, it was like late at night, and we the last song played, and we just, you know, it was silence for, and then all of a sudden they just did this like really creepy like backwards, like, and like this, like speaking in like a German accent, which is like super out of characteristic, out of character for like that band, it, and it, I like, I just remember like diving for like the, like volume, like, yeah, so I remember like, yeah, being, being scared by music. Cool. Yeah, which I wish I could still feel. Yeah, that I. And I wonder how much of it is like, you know, there's not a lot of surprise in like, like hidden tracks, you right? Know? Like, you pop your thing into iTunes or you look at it right. on Spotify and it's like mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if there is a hidden track, it's like, oh, I see that there's like five more minutes. Yeah, left mm, the song wonder what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, like just like having a CD on or something in the background and that happening, it's not really a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of it is that. But yeah, I like. I remember being scared, mostly by Revolution Nine. Um, scary song. It's a scary fucking song. Yeah, I still can't listen to it. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think like probably some Pink Floyd stuff freaked mm-hmm. me out. I really got into Pink Floyd somewhere mm-hmm. when I was like 13, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, also, did that come with graphic tees? Oh yeah, Dark Side of the Moon for sure. Hell yeah. Um, I remember I was really into Animals, Wish You Were Here, and mm-hmm. The Wall. Cool, those are good records. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, like this probably, along with the White Album for that matter, 
it goes into my like obsession with like lengthy pieces of art. Okay. Um, is is that when is that like the first time that you really? Well, I guess no. You grew up listening to jazz, so like things outside of like the normal pop song structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like th- th- that that was normal for you. Like, yeah. Like and like totally subconsciously. Like, right. You know, like, I wasn't paying attention. To, like, right. Oh, this is. Like seventeen minutes long. Yeah, it's whatever. like it's two fifty. This should be like wrapping up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I, I still can't really figure out what led me to like originally being interested in those kinds of things, like ten plus minute songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost we're sure gonna part of it. Okay, we're, we're just gonna let we're her tie dog. herself. Yeah, tie herself out. Um. I'm I'm almost sure a decent hunk of it was uh, me trying to be like some kind of alternative mm-hmm. in high school or whatever. It's like oh I listen to long songs. Right, right, right. Um, like that's Fritz Pape. He listens to long songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's about. Oh yeah. Uh, but like in junior high when I was really getting into the Beatles and Pink Floyd um, and Yes. Okay. Really into yes because cool. my dad likes yes a lot yeah. too. Cool. So the, yeah, um, I mean, you're looking at a good like twenty, shit. 20, 20 minute. minute. Yeah. Hell cool. yeah. Like, Close to the edge. Is yeah. A banger. Cool. Um. So yeah, like all throughout junior high, I was really into classic rock stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess because it was like what I had some context for. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, I know who Pink Floyd is. Mm-hmm. I've heard of them. Um, and the who, mm-hmm. you know, um, but somewhere along the line, I remember, I specifically remember there was this one website, um, just about like album art. Okay. Um, and I don't remember how I found it or why I looked at it, but it was just like different like blog posts about cool album art. Cool. Um, and at this point I was like kind of starting to use the library to, like, get random CDs that looked cool. Um, I think that's probably what led me to it. I was like, oh, like, I'm just looking at things mm-hmm. to listen to. Um, and that sort of started getting me into, like, like indie mm-hmm. shit. Um, so, like, more contemporary, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What were some, like, con- uh, seminal indie rock bands? Oof. Well, I remember... Like, in the contemporary... Era. Yeah, I remember uh, getting "We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank" by Modest okay. Mouse, yeah. um, just on a whim, because I was like, "Oh, I've seen this in magazines." And that's crazy. That's such late era. Like, I mean, yeah, like, that was the first Modest Mouse I listened that's to. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I still love that record. That okay. record's great. Okay. Um, take I, your, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> um, the one after that they that they put out like a year or two ago is uh, fucking terrible. And really boring. Is that the lampshades on fire? Ah, uh, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is like, yeah, this is way too late era modest mouse yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of funny. Like, more and more nowadays, I'm getting into early modest mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, lonesome crowd of West. Is oh yeah, that. pure banger. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, I was all about that okay. one record because that was yeah. one that I listened to all the time. Yeah. Um, so it was that one. I remember getting into the Decemberists a pretty decent okay. amount. And was that based on the album art? Yeah, the Crane Wife specifically. I okay. remember picking up from the library um, because of the album art. Um, but the one, the real, the real kicker, 
I remember, because um, I would, at this point, I was, like, going to shake it, too. Yeah. And, like... Crane Wife's got some long songs. Crane Wife does have some long cool. songs. Yeah. Um, and they're great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that record's great. Mm-hmm. Also, the last two December's records have not been great. I'm, I'll take your word for it. We're going to see him in a couple months. Um, and I saw him when they did Hazards of Love. You ever listen to that yeah. record? Yeah. I, I was, was obsessed last, with that That was the last one I listened to, which I, I liked. Yeah, I love that mm-hmm. record. Um, that was when I was in high school, and like yeah. me and my high school homies were really okay. into it. That was also like peak pretentiousness of like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very, uh... Like, their lighter notes were like, cast of characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the other thing. Like, in middle school when I was getting into like classic rock stuff, I was really drawn to like The Wall and okay. like Tommy, like all these concept records. Like, yeah, yeah. Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. yeah. Um, cause it was like, there was like a story behind it. Yeah. I remember a, a religious leader, like a scout leader of mine, um, told me like, we were on like a camping trip and like on the way we were like listening to the wall yeah. and he was like narrating the story for me and that like, I was, like, a, I was blown away. Yeah, yeah. It's some shit. Yeah. I remember like buying the DVD of the movie. The movie's Whoa. freaky. I just watched it like this year. It's freaky. Yeah. It's scary. Guy shaving off his nipples? Yeah. yeah. No thanks. <laughs> um, actually, now that I'm remembering it, there was a uh, in junior high. One of my like, you know, I don't remember the title, but one of the like assistant teachers or whatever, um, like lent me all these Who CDs mm-hmm. and Rush CDs, which I never listened to. Um, you, you're fine. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good call. Dodge a bullet there in the prog rock world. Honestly. Um, but I remember he was the one that, like, got me hooked on The Who. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every time I was like, hey, Dad, have you heard of this? He was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, he's got all, he's got quadrophenia mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so he would, that, I think his name was Jay. He was a high school the, teacher? No, he was a middle school, like, seventh okay. grade. yeah. Like, assistant teacher yeah. or something. Um, and actually... One of my other junior high teachers, Tamara, um, I went to Montessori school and we called all mm-hmm. the teachers by their first name. Okay, yeah. Um, but I remember it because I was, like, getting into Modest Mouse and she was, like, kind of into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a hip indie teacher? Hip indie teacher. Uh-huh. Um, and she, she like, handed me the CD once and it was like, I listened to this and it was, like, weird and scary and it didn't get it. You might like it. It was a Sigur Ross CD. Whoa. Yeah. And I listened to it and it was like, huh. It's all right. Which album? Uh, the the fetus one. Okay. Um, yeah, Agitis Persian. Sure. However you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great album. Um, it is a great. Yeah. I I I kind of go back and forth on Sigur Ross. Yeah. Um, I saw them live a few months ago because Amy. Okay. Was yeah. Really into them. Cool. Were um, they Were they good? I've never seen them. They were great. Yeah, live. I they can were imagine. Like super huge mm-hmm. sound. Um. But yeah, so that like. That was before I got into like post rocky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real the real catalyst when I was like going back and forth from Shake It mm-hmm. and like buying CDs and then selling those CDs to buy new CDs. Yeah, I know that record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still do it. <laughs> um, I bought on a whim on the album cover this uh, record by the Lack Thereof. Oh dang! Yeah. The Menomena sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I if you look behind you, um, there is. Here. Oh my God! You. Oh, I'm the fun fun blame monster, yeah. which that is a great 
fantastic album. But I also have Lack Thereof, Christian oh, the Christian, um, some, somewhere. I mean, like it, that, that's like two rows deep, so I don't know if you'll be able to find it. Um, well, actually, this, yeah. this was the... Uh, Such a good album. This was the record that like blew my fucking shit. Really? Because um, I, I got it and I like, researched it because I... Um, it's a flip book, by the way. Yeah, yeah I love so it. Cool. Um, I I work at a library now, and every like every day I realize like I've been kind of heading towards this library gig for my whole life because I've always loved like deeply researching stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like when I was really into the Beatles, I would spend like hours and hours like researching Paul is dead. Okay, stuff, yeah, yeah. Because it was just like, wow, what is yeah, it? yeah. Uh, but so I like looked into Lack of the Rope and found this thing, uh-huh. and was like, "Oh, it's a flip book. That's kind of cool." Yeah. Um, and I went to shake it, and they had it. Cool. So I just snagged it, um, and I listened to it like three times in a row. Yeah, that's amazing. Because it was just so it, like, it was nothing like I'd ever heard yeah. before. It still isn't. For no. Matter. I mean, yeah, just like the software that they like recorded it with yeah. and stuff like that is hard to replicate. God, it's so good. So that that was the one where I was like. Okay, I should really listen to like newer music. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're referencing Menomena's uh, "I Am the Fun Flame Monster." Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Because I've heard Menomena. it. Okay, I've I think, heard like, it. Like the Muppets. Yeah, a couple different yeah. ways. I know. In an interviews, they said it's a man anima. Okay, <laughs> that's also cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that band doesn't exist Fine, at all huh? anymore. Yeah. Because um, I know the one dude left. Yeah, it's splintered in a couple of side projects for Ramona yeah. Falls and Ramona Falls. There's the one with the national dude. Um, oh, what's it cool? Called? I don't know. I listened to it. And it was stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think one of them's in Block Party now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get what you can. <laughs> I know, right? Their their later records are good too. Yeah, they're Not, a little bit more like uh, polished and like composed. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. Or this is just like sheer chaos. Yeah. Oh god, it's so good. Yeah. Listen to this one. Um, but yeah, so that was, like, the big one for me. Mm-hmm. So then I started just, like, buying a whole bunch of, like, newer records. Okay. Um, and when did you start making music, and especially how did you come to make the decision to put out these, like, massive swells of noise? Yeah. Um, and true or false, your first show was opening for Bootsy Collins. That is absolutely true, okay. technically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I I was in a post-rock band in high school. Okay. Um, and are we talking like Explosion in the Sky post-rock? Like Explosions in the Sky. Crescendo Core. Crescendo Core. Cool. Um, I hate explosions in the sky, though. Okay. I, they, uh, man, I saw them live. Mm-hmm. Um, I Michael. God. Like, it was cool because there's, like, five guitars on stage, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of, like, playing around each other, but it was, like, two hours long. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, the same thing over and over. But the weirdest thing was it was at Bogart's, and the entire crowd was frat kids. I bet. Like, 100 Friday Night Lights, baby. Yeah, dude. Clear and eyes. They were, like, hot, good, good hearts. Can't, can't lose. <laughs> They were, like, so hyped about it. Like, they knew the song. Yeah. They were like, oh, fuck yeah, I love the song. They're, like, singing along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was just a weird experience. But, like, I can't I can't remember where I started getting into, like, instrumental post-rock music. But, you know, like, I do know for a fact it started with Silver Mount Zion. 
That's a great place um, to start. Yeah, their first record, mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, he has left us alone, but shafts of light so grace the corners. That's the one. That's a good one. Um, I found it at Shake It. Yeah. Somebody dropped off like 20 Constellation records oh, these all at once. I was yeah. like, these look cool. They're probably all promo copies, because like, for some reason, that's all you find like at record stores. It's just like a million yeah. Constellation promos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I remember like I picked that record up. Did you... When did you move to Cincinnati? Um, five years ago. Okay, so in 2010? Okay. No, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a huge windstorm mm-hmm. from like a hurricane. Okay. Um, and, you know, we lived like in the woods, so mm-hmm. we were out of power for two weeks. Oh my God, um, really? And we, we were able to like stay at like my mom's friend's condo yeah, or yeah. something, so that was fine. Um, but it was like, it was sort of like a post-apocalyptic yeah. movie for a little bit because there was yeah. just like shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's when I listened to that record okay. all the time. That's so awesome. So it's very like... Very apropos for like... Yeah. yeah. How, um, how a lot of people know Godspeed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was that record and Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Nice. Which is a banger. Okay. Like... Take your word for it. It's Brian Eno. Yeah. He produced that? He produced Holy it. Holy shit. It's the only reason it sounds good. Cool. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why did I... I think like 2011 maybe 2010 is when we started this band it was uh the band was called such is progress oof nice um, post-rock yeah band. oof uh god what was that from it was from uh brave new world okay because we like it's gonna say james joyce yeah <laughs> well that comes later okay <laughs> yeah um, it does <laughs> uh we were like it was my friends greg ryan and chris mm-hmm. um, and we were like we were the music kids. Okay. You know, especially uh, me and Greg. Greg was into some, like, esoteric shit. Okay. And still is. So... And now he's, like, a lawyer or something. Okay, so, like, the kids in high school were like, oh, like, what should I listen to? Yeah. Or, like, oh, that person's into, like, some other uh, stuff. A little of both. Okay. Um, it was like... It was like, oh, can you all make me a mix CD? Mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I, I definitely, yeah, occupied that for like a very hot minute where people were like, oh, Ryan, what should I listen to? And I'd recommend something and you're just like, what? <laughs> well, I put a lot of what like, did I listen like to? seven minute songs. Yeah, yeah. And a few people were like, why, why yeah. is this so long? Yeah. Um, but so we, we were all really into like like Godspeed mm-hmm. and Silver Run Zion um, and Hospice. By the Antlers. Oh, that's such yeah. a great record. That record came out... Um, when you were in high school? Yeah, in our sophomore year. I feel old. Peak, peak <laughs> sad boy yeah, time. Yeah, I was peak sad boy, but like graduating college. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was also sad in college. <laughs> um, but, so we, you know, we were all in this post-rock stuff, and we all played music to some extent. Um, so we were like, let's start a band like whatever uh, and we started by just like we had like two microphones and we set them up um, and we just like jammed mm-hmm. on some like goofy stuff mm-hmm. um, and recorded it and like put it on the internet we like cool. made a band camp because that was wild. like a thing at that yeah. point Damn. Um, and it's still up there like you can still listen to really? it really yeah such is progress such is progress I'll send you a link okay cool because um, some of it's like actually pretty dope okay um, but we like We'd get together, like, every week or two and just record, like, an hour of, like, some good, some really dumb stuff and just, like, put all of it online. Um, and we never we never played a show. We almost played a show, 
Um, this band, Redrick Sultan. I don't know, mm-hmm. some band from, like, Canada. Okay, dang. Um, and they, they, like, messaged me, and they were like, hey, like, we're coming in from Canada, like, anything you can set up? And I was like, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's Bogart's. <laughs> yeah. can, can we play there? Yeah. You're just, you like, know. running through, like, the all-ages venues that you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what the fuck? What is this? How does uh, live music work? Yeah, seriously. So we, uh, we never played a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did record a record, um... With Brian Eno. With Brian Eno. Okay. My good friend Brian. Cool. Um, <laughs> he, uh... Hey, what was, what was the label? Somehow Ecstatic Records? You ever heard of them? Mm-mm. They're out of, uh, Athens, Greece. What? Yeah, so, in high school, this was, uh... Especially me and Greg, we were very much into, like, just downloading as much music yeah. as possible like yeah. you know pouring through block spots right um, I think this was like right at the end of it yeah when you could just like they just threw up those links and yeah. just like media fire link after media fire God, link all yeah. the time um, and I had like a what CD account mm-hmm. um, so I was like I was I was the guy with the what CD account yeah, yeah. so if anybody heard of something I was like, it was like cool yeah um, so you know we were like I was downloading all this like new music and I found this label randomly with this uh this really good band called Masturbation Goes Cloud. Whoa. Uh, stupid name. So I loved lot, it as a high schooler. So I was like, oh, this yeah. is silly. Um, really tight, just like emo, mathy, mm-hmm. instrumental yeah. kind of stuff. Um, you would like it a yeah, lot. Yeah, I bet I would. I'm going to send it to you. Um, and they put out this thing on Facebook that was like, hey, we're starting a new series. Um, of records that are written and recorded in one day, hmm. um, send submissions. And I, like, as a joke, I sent them, I was like, oh, hey, we do this, like, whatever. Um, and they emailed me back pretty quick, and I was like, hey, yeah, cool. How about this day? And I was like, what? okay. So we, like, we got together on this day, and, like, we were like, all right, we got to do, like, good stuff today. We got to, like, really put it into it. Um, and we did it, and, like, it came out really well. That's awesome. Um, and we sent it to them, and they put, like, you know, 30 CDRs or something. Nice. Um, I think we were the first one, actually. Cool. And what's funny is uh, when I started making solo music, I hit them up again, and was like, hey, can I do one? And they were like, yeah, totally. And I was the last one. Whoa. Yeah. So your was that your first Sign Zine, Sign Zine record? No, <laughs> that... I think it was the second. They both came out, like, okay. within a week of each cool. other. Though. Wow. Um, what a release strategy. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Two records in one week and nothing for five yeah. years. Um, so, yeah, we we did that, and that was, like, either right before or right after graduation. Um, Greg was a year under us, so the three of us graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, Ryan and Chris, were moving. Mm-hmm. So we were like, all right, like, this band's done. You know, unless we, like, get back together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan, Ryan was the guitarist. I played drums mm-hmm. in that band. Okay. Um, and I had a guitar. Actually, I don't think about it. Um, I did some, like, random solo recordings okay. um, on acoustic guitar. Okay. That were uh, pretty similar to what I would end up doing, just kind of, like, picking a few chords and, like, strumming on them mm-hmm. and then strumming on them louder. Mm-hmm. Um and I put those up on Bandcamp sort of around the same time. Um, and, you know, I had an electric guitar from when 
was like and 14. Was that under Zion's It was under Fritz Pape. Okay. Um, and actually, that stuff is still up. Nice. Bandcamp, yeah. Great. Um, I love... Internet. Love the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Ryan was trying to sell... He, like, built pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was trying to sell some stuff off before he moved to college, and he was like, you want to buy this delay pedal? You know, oh, that's where it started. That's where it started. <laughs> um, so I bought it. I messed around with it, and it was it was like a weird, like super cheap, like thirty dollar uh-huh. delay pedal. Um, and I found out that you could like loop with it for like mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. And then that's where it started. Dang. Um, I started just kind of like futzing around with that and kind of like building up these little ideas. Um. And then, you know, I started buying more pedals, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, that ballooned into a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, had a few pedals and kind of recorded a few things and put them on SoundCloud um, under Zine, 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 which is from Finnegan's Wake um, by James Joyce. Were you reading Finnegan's Wake in high school? C- kind of. Like, we, like everybody kind of reads Finnegan's exactly. Wake. Exactly. We, uh, um, me and... Greg and our two other friends, Alexa and Lizzie, would uh, sit and read it out loud. Um, just, you know, like, oh, this sounds funny. I'm giving you such a disapproving look right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was fun. We, we did it instead of getting wasted or yeah, whatever. which is you know. totally... Listen, I'm all for <laughs> clean, sober fun. Yeah. Um, it was clean, sober, stupid, pretentious fun. Cool. Um, I'm all saying that. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, as we were going through, I saw a thing that said, sign, 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 sign. And I said to myself, that looks like a band name. Mm. I'm going to use that. How many people have seen that band name? Like, ah, James Joyce. One. Cool. Um, maybe, maybe two. There's this one dude, Brian. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but he used to live in Cincinnati. Uh, he was in... Uh, was it Johnny Twenty Three? You remember that band? Oh yeah, yeah, post rock band. band. Yeah, um, he was in that, and he worked at the library. Okay, and we've played a few shows together. And so he knows all about Finnegan's. He's Wake. like a scholar okay. on the thing, like to wild degrees. Dang. Um, and I think he like we like made a bond because of that. Cool. Um, there was only one person who was able to pronounce it correctly on the first try. So the um, correct pronunciation is Zine 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 because it's Z I J N four times and Z I J N Zine, which is Dutch for to be. Okay. Um, I think in Finnegan's Wake it's meant to sound like a dinner bell or something. That's I like read some Zine, weird Zine, analysis. Zine, Zine. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I read some weird analysis of it. That's cool. I mean, I'm all about completely unpronounceable, ungoogleable yeah. uh, names, such as uh, Tome to the Weather Machine. Yeah. Why did Sucker Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah, it's not lost on me. Totally. Um, and I kind of loved it, because, like, when I started playing out, um, touring bands would always be, like, like <laughs> betting on what it's, what, how it was pronounced yeah, in yeah. the band or something. Uh, but my one friend, Steven, who's in this band, uh, Where They Landed. Okay. Um, who we saw open for Silver Mount Zion. Dang. Like, back in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, we became friends from that. Um, he, I guess, like, knew Dutch a little bit. Okay. And I saw him, like, years later, and he was like, 
So your project is Zine, 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 like Dutch for TV, nice. right? And I was like, whoa, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what are some common mispronunciation? Mispronunciation. Wow. Uh, <laughs> how apropos. That's a hard word to pronounce. <laughs> Uh, zijin, 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 zijin. Oh, cool. I don't uh, remember that one. Zildjian, Zildjian, which is okay. a fun one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Zane, 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 Zane. Okay. Zion, Zion. Um, that bullshit that Fritz does. Yeah, cool. That's, That's when I've heard one. <laughs> um, I think that, I think Zijin, Zijin is okay, the most Zijin, common okay, one, yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, there's a J you, in You're just episode. pronouncing all the letters in the word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I picked that because... You know, it, it looked like a band name, mm-hmm. so I just kind of went with it. Um, and so your first show was opening for Bootsy Collins f- in the old Mockbee? In the old Mockbee. What the fuck? So, um, I was recording this stuff, and then I started going to experimental music shows at the library. Okay. Um, I just, Steve like, Kempel. Steve Kempel. Yeah. Forest Management, did you see that one? Oh, God, I think so. Okay. Just wondering. Was he from Louisville? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. No. Okay. Cleveland, I think that's Anyway. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. that name sounds See, really Aaron cool. Martin, that was the first one I ever went to. With the diving bell? No. And Sotten Tag Shogun? Oh, yeah. That was a I did show. go to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, the Sotten Tag Shogun thing is kind of funny. Um, to backtrack for half a second, when I, when I was uh, starting to record, I recorded like a record in my mom's basement. Um, for Sign Sign. And I had been really, really into Future Recordings, mm-hmm. which is this little label. Which we'll that, get into in a minute. Which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like buying stuff from them for years, um, and it kind of made a relationship that way with Adam, um, who ran it, runs it. <clears throat> um, and like on a whim, I was like, hey, here's this record I just made. And then like three weeks later, he was like, I love it, we're putting it out. Whoa. Um, was that Word Wounder or Wonder? Word Wounder. Word Wounder. Depending, on, wh- depending yeah. on whichever you want. There you go. Um, I like that one because mm-hmm. like there's two meanings to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Word Wounder, personally. Cool. Um, but Sontag Shogun had members of a band that were on that on future recordings. What? Uh, a band? The, the Slowest Runner. Okay. Something, something, yeah, something. Yeah, I've seen them, yeah. Um, so that was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Just like, huh. Future recordings, <laughs> fam. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so like I was about to put that record out and I went to these experimental music things and I went up to Steve and I was like, hey, I make music that's experimental. <laughs> Here's my thing or whatever. Um, and he was really into it and we like booked, uh, experimental music show. Cool. And that was going to be my first show. Uh-huh. Um, then, um, I, I was planning, this was, I guess, 2012, maybe 2013. Mm-hmm. It was 2013. Um, I was planning to go to Chicago to go see Boris perform Flood. Whoa. Yeah. Dang. Um, which is, like, one of my favorite records mm-hmm. of all time. Um, and I, I was, like, about to buy a ticket, and Steve messaged me. And said, hey, do you want to play at the Mockbee opening for Bootsy Collins for a German reality TV show um, on the same day that Boris was playing? And I was like, you know what? I should probably do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
like, you know, canceled so, my Airbnb. So Bootsy Collins played at the Mockby. <clears throat> so Bootsy Collins played at the Mockby. Were there um, a lot of people there? I remember a pretty decent amount, like 30 or 40. And this is your, were, how old are you? Uh, 19. 19, okay. Yeah. Um, and and you, you set up and so did some <laughs> swan-style yeah. chord banging. Um, what was the reaction? There wasn't a whole lot of people there okay. when I was playing. Okay. Because the whole shtick of it was, uh, it was for this German reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Where Bootsy Collins and Jamie Lydell, who's some funk guy, okay, um, were exploring the Cincinnati scene. Whoa, you know, and so, and so your first show, you were part of the Cincinnati scene. Technically, from day one, from you were day one. part of the Cincinnati scene. That's awesome. God, what a. <laughs> um, but they like, I think they went to like the CAC or something. Okay, and then the the end of the episode was they were coming to this. Secret show at the Mockbee. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is back when Mockbee, this is pre flat screen TV. Pre flat screen, post Mockbee being open. Oh. So it was like, Steve was able to, I guess he like knew the dude who owned it. Okay. Um, and they, like every once in a blue moon, would open it for a thing. So they opened mm-hmm. it for this thing. Okay. Um, and you know, I'd never heard of it before this. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have any of that background mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but I went in, I played it like eight. Okay. Um, to like six or seven people. That's a great time to start a show. Yeah. By I the way. Tell you what. Listen, Cincinnati. Listen. <laughs> We're doing a little better. We, yeah. I guess we went the extreme opposite. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, like isn't it like, I, I was making that joke. It's just like, <laughs> cool. Like, either we start like weeknight shows, shows at 11, or. <laughs> or show at Saturday at seven in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had to play that first. Ugh. Um, drumming. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. Um, it was very fun, though. Did you go to that at all? Uh, yeah, for, like, twice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I went and had breakfast and then came back. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I played, um, and actually I have a recording of it. I forget. His, his artist name is, like, the Junkyard Catalyst or something. Um, I haven't seen him in years. Mm-hmm. I met him at the show, didn't talk, didn't see him for, like, two years, and then, like, he hit me up on Facebook and was like, hey, I have this shitty synth. Do you want it for $20? Nice. And then haven't seen him since. Um, but he recorded it, and like 20 minutes after I played, he was like, oh, here's a CD of your first set. You know, it's like, whoa. Awesome. So I still have that um, on my shelf somewhere. Cool. Um, so I played, and then this other band, Bear the Ghost, um, which is not a band anymore. I think they went under another name later. Were they like um, ever like big? Different. Different one, different um, bear the ghost. Maybe I, that that was like that era when like everybody was like either a ghost or a, a whale <laughs> or a bear or a bear ghost. I because I know it wasn't the one that was big. Okay. Um. But they definitely had bear and or ghost in their cool. name. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they played a set. And Bootsy Collins was supposed to show up at 10 uh-huh. p.m. They showed up at 2 in the morning. Oh, my God. Um, with a whole film crew. Yeah. You know? Um, so we were just kind of, like, sitting around for a while, like, here we are at the at the weird Bootsy Collins show. Yeah. Um, and then Bootsy Collins shows up, and, you know, they have all their instruments set up, and they, like, jam out, you know? They, like, film them walking into the mock beat mm-hmm. and shit. Um, 
and I jam out and like I meet Bootsy and then I call my dad and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> um, so, you know, technically I played before Bootsy Collins at a night at a venue that Bootsy Collins played at. You opened for Bootsy I Collins. I opened for Bootsy Collins. Yeah. Um, it's bit, all been downhill since. <laughs> um, so I think the first time I saw you, well... I just moved to Cincinnati, and I met Pete Fosco, and Pete Fosco introduced me yeah. to you. But then I saw you open for playing for Burial, which was not a good... <laughs> sure wasn't. Not a good night <laughs> all around, I think, for everybody for in attendance. Everybody. Yeah. Um, well, I think the audience had fun. I don't know. I, I don't even know. Like, I um, <laughs> heard some people kind of... I remember, like, this one guy was, like, walking away. He's just like, so, like, I drove down from Columbus just to see him play, like, a 15-minute, like, harsh noise set. Damn. And I was just like, yeah, sounds like you did. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we, I mean, God, we, we yeah, don't have to, was... like, but we don't have to, like, uh, open up that um, can of worms. Um, I think Tom, I, I've talked to Tom since, and yeah. he feels bad about it. I've, we've, we've talked about that. Okay. I mean, no, I don't have yeah. any bad blood, because I, I did a shitty job. Of putting it together, um, you were nineteen. Yeah, I was. I think I was twenty at that yeah, point. Yeah. Okay. Um, it did. It really like kind of fucked me up though. I was just yeah. like, oh god, I don't want to book shows ever again. Yeah. Um, that was such a weird. Yeah. God. It's okay. Oh boy. boy. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. It was also like my like third or fourth show like in Cincinnati. I'm just like, what is what going was... on in this town? <laughs> I remember like. <laughs> part of it you know like who knows what led to each thing happening but uh this band mephitic mephitic husk yeah they played they played a fucking like 50 minutes yeah it was long um, like surely this is their last song yeah, seriously um and i think that kind of fucks stuff yeah. up um and rakes doesn't pay yeah artists for at shit. all yeah um i was i gave him some money yeah um those heavy metal specials don't. Yeah, dude, you know. 20, 10% of four bucks doesn't <laughs> equal money in the gas tank. God. But yeah, it was just like a weird. Because I was like really into his music. Yeah. It was like, holy shit, like I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. Um, so let's let's fast forward a little bit. Um, so you have been playing out pretty consistently yeah. under Zine, 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 Zine. Four of them. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Got, got the very last one. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Then you played uh, with the band Useless for a while. Boy, I sure did. Uh, which was a very fun band. That was a fun band. Um, fun band to see live, and I'm sure a fun band to play. I, I, I've yeah. seen you break lots of uh, drumsticks. Lots of drum yeah. objects. Yeah, in that band. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I th- that was the first band I was in other than Such as Progress. Okay. Um, Tell me a little bit about that band. So... Um, I met my friend Madge in college, mm-hmm. like freshman year or something, mm-hmm. um, and we became homies. And we were like, let's start a band because mm-hmm. we were like both into weirdo shit. Um, Actually, I saw Madge's very first performance, which was covering Litz, yeah, my was, own worst enemy. Boy, oh boy, uh, that was that breaks was, end. That's a funny story. Opening for what, like Tinians? Oh, no, 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 no. No, there's an, uh, there's another show. show was good, Yeah, though. I loved it. I mean, I um, love Landing. Landing's I coming it. here. I booked with, them. With Gardner? Yeah. That's gonna be yeah. sick. And Carrier's open. Oh, cool. Yeah. Where's that? Uh, Tavern. Cool. Yeah. It's gonna be 
be awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited. Book that. Um. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but a thing that would happen a lot when uh, when Rake's End was open mm-hmm. was, uh, which is a good thing and a bad thing, any and every band played there. Mm-hmm. Um, if touring bands were coming through Cincinnati and they didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. um, they would end up at Rake's End. Mm-hmm. And then nobody would come to the yep. show. Um, you know, just like I, every I know. single night. Yeah. Um, even like friend, you know, friends that would come through that mm-hmm. are like super cool. It's like, well, we have to book them at Rakes because nobody else will yep. play weird stuff. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, there's a, a upside and downside to that. Like the like the upside was that like you do whatever you wanted, and that like. I always felt like Jerome like was like super supportive of like the weirdest, most bizarre stuff ever. That's uh, I played at Rake so many times mm-hmm. with Zion Zion because like I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And Jerome like was yeah. into it. Um, so there was a period of time where I was, I was playing there like every other week. Sure, yeah. You played. Uh, I mean, you were playing a lot of shows. I was playing a lot of shows. How um, did that like? Did that wear on you? Like, no, I loved it okay. because. Uh, I mean, you were also in college at the time? I was in college. Um, I still lived at home. Okay. And my folks were lovely and helped me to shows. Uh-huh. Um, and I worked at a movie theater part-time. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have many responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. So I could just, like, you know, play these shows and just kind of, like, hone yeah. the craft yeah. or whatever. I think that's, like, important that, like, living in a city like Cincinnati where you can ostensibly like play out every night yeah you get good at yeah. doing it exactly mm-hmm. um and you know like i'm so happy that rakes existed because yeah. like that's the only place i played for uh-huh. ever um you'd be as loud as you wanted be as loud as you wanted mm-hmm. do weird shit mm-hmm. um yeah where was it? useless yeah useless um but no i mean this is a good conversation about rakes end because i mean yeah. i feel like a lot of a lot of people um, oh, yeah. Who live in Cincinnati or who have played in Cincinnati know about Rakes End, know about sort of like um, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of downsides, but also it was just like the 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 thing that made it such a unique place and such a wonderful place is that there was like for a bar it was like literally no rules. Yeah. You know, um, you could do whatever you wanted. You didn't have to worry about like. Uh, scaring off the uh, the rakes like regulars because like Cause the they were just rakes weirdos. yeah the rakes <laughs> regulars were just as fucked up as you were yeah um it was awesome yeah and yeah so it's it's hard to like underestimate and especially like in your case like being like a young musician um who is who is playing like the the accessibility of just being able to go out and play and uh, the stakes being pretty low mm-hmm. in terms of like you know you like literally learning as like you're you're playing live yeah um and, like so, not having to worry about like you know pay to play shit or whatever yeah yeah no it's nice that you gotta skip over like that like battle the bands bullshit like yeah yeah um but yeah so the uh the lit cover mm-hmm. um this pop punk band messaged the Zine Zine Facebook page like hey we're coming through we're playing rates we want your band to play the show and it's like you didn't yeah you look at this like, page even clicked on the band cam yeah you just <laughs> searched Cincinnati and band cam <laughs> all day yeah 
Um, <laughs> cool, tour booked. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, all right, man, like, I'll do that, I'll play this dumb show. Because <laughs> it was, like, straight up, like... I don't, I don't remember what up. the band was. Me neither. Yeah. Um, I could look it up. Yeah. But, um, so, like, as a joke, I was like, I want to cover a pop-punk song mm-hmm. and, like, fuck it up. Yeah. Um, and me and Magic had been talking about starting a band. Mm-hmm. So we were like, let's just, like, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so that was technically the first use of the show. Awesome. Um, then we, we, uh, we got Nick Ruma and Quinn Hardcastle mm-hmm. on guitar and bass. Mm-hmm. Um, practice in my basement. We got a rehearsal space eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, like... Similar to when I started playing with Side Side, which was just like, let's play as many shows as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys um, are all over the place. Yeah. Um, God, what was. Oh, the first one, the first show was at Quinn's house. Okay. It was like a little house party. Uh-huh. Um, which was a very weird house because it was like a one bedroom. Oh, I know, yeah. Quinn yeah. used to teach me bass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I that. So I've been there. Yeah, it's yeah. like a tree house. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we loaded drums in there oh, and like amps and shit up a ladder. Uh, there was kind of yeah um, and like Nancy Plants played that show um that was a, that was a fun little night mm-hmm. um but then you know we like played Rakes and mm-hmm. we played Comet blah blah mm-hmm. blah um the band existed for seven months okay um and it felt you know it felt so much longer because we were yeah you playing, playing so much all over um it was very like loud and noisy, which was cool because I was a frustrated college kid, yeah. you know, so I could just like bang it out. Um, and you know, we played a shitload, never recorded, and it's over, and mm-hmm. it's you know, it's never gonna get recorded now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you know, like a weird little flash in a bottle, mm-hmm. and it was so like opening to everything now because it kind of like launched, you know, all of us into the scene mm-hmm. more so than anything. Yeah. Um, it was, it was kind of funny because like I had already sort of made a name for myself for like the year and a half that I was playing before useless. However long. Um, so a lot of people had seen me and then they come see useless and they're like, this is, this is different. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the like droney stuff. Um, so that was always kind of fun. Um, and so now, kind of flash forward, um, you play under your own name. Play under my own name. Um, um, what what has signified the shift um, so, from Zine, 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 I'm going to say that as many times as I can, yeah. um, <laughs> to your God-given name? <laughs> it, uh, when Zine, Zine was a thing, I was mostly playing composed pieces okay. that I wrote or like planned out, you know? Um and especially when I was playing so much, I was able to, like, really perfect those pieces. Um, and then more and more, I got, you know, Zion Zion was really about, like, volume. Yeah. And as well as, like, melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sort of, like, it always a little frustrated me um, when the only things folks would focus on was the volume. And I was like, well, what about this, like, cool, like, riff? Um but, you know, like, that's my own doing, because it was so, like, ear-splittingly loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I still have such an affinity for, like, 
very loud, pretty music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of started getting more interested in like quieter stuff, like Stars of the Lid. I started really getting into, um, which I, you know, I listened to in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is good, but also Swans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're forced to choose between those two, I can definitely see yeah, yeah, your yeah. high school brain going to the totally more brutal side of that music. Yeah, I mean, Swans was, like, the number one catalyst for mm-hmm. Zine Zine. Like, that was the reason um, I started making music, actually, because mm-hmm. I wanted to, like, communicate the feeling that Swans gave me, because um, I couldn't talk about it. Like, it didn't, I couldn't, like, come up with words. Mm-hmm. But then when I started playing, it was like, oh. Yeah, this is this what I'm hearing, yeah. Um, but so I started, like, getting into, like, quieter stuff. And into, like, pedals a lot more. And, like, synthesizers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I started doing more kind of, like, improvised music. Um, It was always... There was always sort of an inkling of, like, improvisation. Um, But it went from, like, all right, I'm going to play this piece to, all right, here's a key. Mm. I'm allowed to play these notes. Let's Mm -hmm. see what happens. and it kind of, it went from more, it went from, like, guitar playing to, like, pedal playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, affecting loops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as I kind of shifted that way, um, I started doing it in a lot of different ways. You know, like, using a computer, using synthesizers, um, and guitar. Whereas, like, Zine Zine was very specifically a guitar-based yeah. thing. Um, so it was kind of like, alright, you know, like... The music I'm making now is, like, different than this project. And also, nobody knows how to pronounce sign, 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 sign. Um, so I'm just gonna kill two birds with one stone and play under my own name so that now, like, you know, every kind of drony build-up thing that I make um, sounds fritzy, mm. you know? Um, whether it's, like, on a laptop with a couple oscillators or like with 50 pedals and like guitars aplenty. Um, I think it all sort of like matches in with this like continuity of like, of this. Yeah. The, like the sound that I make, you know what I mean? <laughs> I um, like that. I like that you can turn your name into a verb. Yeah. It's very fritzy. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, you know, like I'm going to just play into my own name. And then, you know, I was, like, wanting to book a tour at this point, and I was like, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so how did that tour go? It was really good. Um, it went off basically without a hitch. Cool. Um, the mainly first time that I played out of town, like, I played Louisville mm-hmm. uh, for little things. Um, I played, col- one of my earlier shows was a noise fest in Columbus. Dang. Um, that I, you know, like, on a whim was like, oh, I'll play this, and they were like, all right, come on. It's like, how am I going to get there? <laughs> um, but so tour was really cool. It was really cool to uh, play, for one, play places that aren't bars. Right, yeah. Because... Um, That's a shocker here in yeah, Cincinnati. I know. Um, and I was talking about this with uh, some friends of mine. It's like, Cincinnati's cool because you get paid, mm-hmm. um, but... 
you're playing in a bar, so like. But the... not, I mean, yeah. But what is, uh, you know, ten percent of drink sales on a Wednesday night when seven of your friends show up? That's true. But I mean, like you know, if you <laughs> yeah, if but you it, play the comet. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there are definitely places where guarantees are built in. Right. And it's great. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But then you know you're playing the. Yeah. Bar patrons. Yeah. Um. A lot, a lot of bar folks like to talk over my music. Yeah. I can, uh, which is a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah. The more I've thought about it, and the more I've booked, sometimes like I, I've come to the conclusion that often like there's not a, a uh, reciprocal relationship um, with some of the shows that I bring to bars, yeah. and I've I've learned some hard lessons. <laughs> like like I look around and like everybody is just like left, and I'm just like. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bartender. <laughs> like, there goes your tips for the night. Yeah. My bad. I don't know. It's a frustrating thing because, like, you know, I don't blame folks for just wanting to go yeah, to a no. bar. Yeah. Know? Like, no, I, it, it's hard to follow because I've been in that situation where I've just wanted to go get a drink and then, like, there's some, like, acoustic act playing. I'm like... <sighs> Oh man, here's like the test of like my my morals. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like what yeah. do I do? Do I like um do I watch attentively like I want everybody to do every time yeah. I book a show and somebody's just unwittingly enjoying their night or like do I and I mean yeah, I have to say uh I have not been very true to my morals um in some of those instances. I but what I will do is I will take my conversation outside. That's that's what I appreciate. Yeah. Not uh, try to talk over. One of my one of my favorite, and I'm shoving air quotes through the air here. Um, instances of that. I was playing at the yacht club, um, and you know the yacht club has a very very long yeah thing to get from the bar to the stage. Like you have to make a point yeah to go to the stage. Walk through a set of doors. You gotta walk through a set of doors <laughs> down a hallway, yeah. <laughs> down a step. Yeah, to the stage. Um, I was playing the show with the Gaffer Project. They're dope. It's mm-hmm. like a two-piece uh, drum and bass, like hardcore, like screaming, like lightning bolt. No, like uh, like I don't even know who to compare it to. Like like a hardcore like, band that like would post hardcore okay. stuff. Yeah. Like a post hardcore band that would play at Northside Yacht Club. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they also have, like, tons of light bulbs that are, oh, like, cool. triggered and stuff. And they're very sweet people. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I start playing. I was playing, like, a really quiet set. Um, and right before I start playing, I watch this couple come from the door and walk all the way up to the stage. And they're, like, standing at the stage, like, right before I start. And I was like, all right. And then I start You've playing. You've got an audience. Yeah. <laughs> and right when I start making noise they start talking over it. And it's like, you had to make such an effort yeah. to come here just to be yeah, it's like, an asshole. You've got a quiet place to speak alone. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So that that was like the most frustrating thing. Yeah. No, it, it is. I've, I've noticed that a lot. Um, and it's just part for the course. I don't think you'll be in any city where, you know. Um, totally. Unless like, you run this really amazing bar where it's like super intentional. Of, you know, you're there to see like experimental music or quiet music. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it just it comes with the territory. So that's cool that you got to see kind of the other side of it, where you have these intentional DIY spaces, um, where the uh, purpose of that night's entertainment is to watch the artist. Yeah, yeah, that's and awesome. It was, 
it was really cool because, like, you know, even when the crowds were a little small, like, they were mm-hmm. all, like, attentive. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, what else are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Um, Start your phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was really cool. Um, it was just cool to, like, get out and, like, play to new people. Mm-hmm. There was one one show that really kind of, like, tied it all together. It was in uh, Evansville at PG. Okay. Um, and I'd heard so much, like, cool stuff about PG. At the um, world's largest cross in Evansville? Is that a thing? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. You didn't see that. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't go to the giant cross. You didn't cross. see the massive cross? <laughs> no. It's huge. Weird. One of my favorite, like, um, not my parenting moments, but one of my proudest, like, friends' parenting moments is we were driving through Evansville, and their six-year-old is like, what's that giant T doing? <laughs> and they just looked at each other like, nice. yeah. <laughs> yep, just a giant T. Just a giant T. <laughs> Sorry. Stands for Evansville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, it was me and this, uh, this dude from St. Louis, Hands and Feet. Okay. Who, uh, I think his name's Steven. Um, but he does kind of like shoegazy, uh, beat driven music. Okay. Um, so it was me and him and three dubstep dudes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like um, heavy, like, wah, yeah, like, wah, 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 wah. Um, you know, because like that—that's the kind of Bill mashup that you want. You know, like you, if, you if, if if you're thinking in your mind, hmm, I don't know if this genre mashup Bill's gonna work. Like, <laughs> no, you know what we need? We need dubstep. ambient drone and hard dubstep. Yeah. Um, it was it was a little frustrating because the crowd very much was there for the dubstep. Yeah. Um, and they're like the whole time they're waiting for your drop. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, when's this gonna drop? Yeah, when's man. this gonna When's this gonna drop? <laughs> um. But yeah, like that one kind of frustrated me because like the, their uh, their sitting area mm-hmm. is outside, like right by the stage. Okay. Um, so people were very nice and like took their conversations outside, mm-hmm. but I could still hear them. Uh, so it kind of like psyched me out. Um, but like three hours after my set, this dude comes up to me and he was like, "Hey, I want to tell you like your set was like one of the first times that like I went and saw live music and like felt the need to stop and listen." Whoa! I was like whoa! That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, like, that's the whole goal mm-hmm. is, like, you know, to get back to this whole, like, obsession with, like, long songs, mm-hmm. like, it's, you have to, like, put in, like, kind of an effort to, like, pay attention for this whole duration of a song. It's, like, so, like, uh, satisfying. Yeah. It's, like, I put all this energy into, like, paying attention to this one piece of art for, like, an hour, mm-hmm. and, like, it was fulfilling. Right, because you're, um... I mean, you can you can kind of go on that um, journey with a pop song, but it's a little bit more. Um, it's quick. Uh, yeah, it it is. It's a, like a burst of you know energy. Yeah. But um. And I love you know like that stuff's great, but like, I love being able to just kind of like sit and marinate mm-hmm. with a piece of music. Yeah, I kind of hate that word, but I I, I, I know yeah I, <laughs> I I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've said this before, like you know, with ambient music, it's it's. Um, for me, it's it's the thing that like, um, hold, it holds my attention the most, um, because you have to pay attention to when um, musical changes are happening, um, when musical movements um, are, or where you're at, kind of like in the musical movement. Mm-hmm. 
it's also something you can just put on in the background and have it just be like super chill as well, um, which is nice for like working and reading and stuff like that. But I felt like when I run, I like listen to ambient music um, yeah. because I hate running, and um, it's like the one thing that can just like kind of take my mind out of that like just paying attention to my body, yeah. and um, yeah, and and I can really just kind of like dig and burrow into this like twelve minute long you know like yeah. composition. I uh. I really love, like, because, you know, like, I, it's easy enough to call my music ambient music, mm -hmm. um, but it does get very loud and active yeah, yeah. in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I really like is this uh, idea that, you know, like, if, if I'm playing, like, an hour-long set, um, if you come in every five minutes or whatever, it sounds, like, vastly different. Mm -hmm. Um but if you sit for the whole thing, like, you can't tell when things are changing. Because hmm. it's so, like, slow to change. Mm -hmm. But, like, things are building and things are adding on. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but it's, like, it's so, it kind of, like, creeping along that you, like, almost can't even tell. So, to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that, you did a five-hour long sure did. drone set. Um, that was a fun one. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's been hard to, uh play shorter bars. Right, right, yeah, you, you kind of got, like, the full experience. Um, yeah, I, like, you know, I've always wanted, like, I've always loved these ideas of, like, marathon sets. Mm -hmm. Like, there's uh, a handful of, like, ambient New Age dudes that have played, like, 24-hour sets or whatever. Um, and I've always, like, wanted to do one. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can, you know, like, I can breathe slowly. Yeah. So I... Asked the folks at Urban Artifacts because they've I've gotten a good relationship with the urban folks because they like you know are pretty open and welcoming. Yeah, they're they're surprisingly stuff. like yeah. supportive of weird shit. Um, so I just asked. I was like, "Can I do a five hour set?" And they were like, "Sure." So <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I guess I got to figure this out." Um, so I I just brought like everything that I had, plugged it all in, and kind of drew out an arc of like you know like at three and a half or four hours or so like it's gonna be very very loud mm -hmm. and it's gotta like get there and very loud for like a sustained period of time the uh the crescendo loud part that how long usually, did that last uh 45 minutes or so how is that um sustaining that level of volume for I guess you were at the Kaiji Haino show so, <laughs> so you, <laughs> you sure went through like was. an hour hour 15 too. of Oh, that was one of the first few shows I've ever worn earplugs, and that was, was a worth it. good decision. Yeah. <laughs> a wise $1 investment at the bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, they had them at the bar? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You oh, missed out. Sure, no. you're, you're not going to hear into your 60s now. Cause That's of that. fine. My dad warned me about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're going to go to that Kiji Haino show when you're 24. <laughs> um, but so, like, I mean, you know, loud comparatively, it yeah. was pretty... Uh, it was very full, mm -hmm. um, but they kept it manageable. Yeah. Um, but it was such a, like, that was the thing I was most excited about, because, like, it's always the coolest to, like, get to the part of the song that's, like, the the peak of, like, everything building up to this one point. Because um, when I do normal, like, 40-minute, hour-long songs or whatever, um, which is usually kind of what I like to stay in, um, it builds and builds and builds and builds for, like, 
three-fourths of it or whatever. And then the decay is also such a, like, really interesting mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, you know, just in so many different kind of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it sort of encompasses this whole idea of, like, this song kind of breathing mm-hmm. and living and, like, having a life mm-hmm. um, that, like, you know, you could do it in four minutes or whatever, but it's really interesting to kind of, like, listen to it grow and then listen to it ungrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, like, you know, really hyped to really extend out the peak moment of the whole thing. Um, so I, I planned out about an hour of it. And, like, being in that sound for an hour was, like, pure heaven. I bet. Yeah. What, um, so when you are playing at these volumes or, um, or, or sustain these volumes when, when you're playing, what sort of sensation does it give, bring to you? Because it's, I think it's different for everyone. Um, I think it's very, like, uh, very peaceful. Yeah. Because it's like, I uh, fell asleep during that Kaji Hyam show. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I want it to be peaceful, like, mm-hmm. with the stuff that I make, um, because, you know, it's, like, been slowly encompassing you in this kind of, like, very dense bed of sound, um, and it's just, it's like a very thick blanket, mm-hmm. you know, that gets thicker and thicker and wraps you nice and cozy. And, and do you feel that, like, in your body? Mm-hmm. It's a physical sensation? I think so. Yeah. Um, especially at, like, places where the sound system can get loud enough. Mm-hmm. Like and Urban like, Artifact? Like Urban Artifact, yeah. yeah. Um, where it can, like, sound like that mm-hmm. and, like, vibrate, push that much air yeah. that you're actually kind of getting, like, massaged a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've felt that, um, you know, two, like, really distinct shows. Um, one was Ben Frost at the CAC where it was the bass was so loud that it just, like, cut through your solar plexus like you didn't like experience it anywhere else except through like the middle of your chest so cool um and the other one was lawrence english um in denver at gold rush he had everybody lie on the floor yeah um and so you could like uh just soak up the reverberations from like uh it's a wooden dance floor and so it's already has like a lot of like springiness and like give um and so you just like feel the uh yeah just everything reverberating up like there, there was no like it wasn't just like your feet and it was like coming up through your soles it's just like every part of your body just like so soaking up this noise Oof. yeah so no I, I it's the same for me as well um, it, it, it's it's somewhat hard to describe because it is a physical sensation but it it kind of like it is enveloping both in like your sensory inputs um, like everything else is kind of muted um, because everything, like, all your sensory inputs are just, like, trying to, like, filter, like, all of the sound. Um, and so, in, in a lot of ways, you know, you know, like, people kind of compare it to, like, being drunk or something like that. And, and it's very, I think that's, like, a very sort of, like, um, like, analogous, uh, like, comparison. Because, um, yeah, I mean, f- for that moment, like, all of your sensory inputs are, like... They're, I'm trying to think. They're like augmented, or, or or they're they're blunted a little bit, you know, because you're just like overwhelmed. Yeah, because you're just yeah. trying, to, like your body's just like trying to deal with all the sound that's coming in. Yeah. And then yeah, when you do get a good sound system and and you are 
you know, feeling that like physical sensation, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's completely intoxicating. Um, and yeah, I, I just find myself just like naturally just like gravitating like towards the speaker, you know, cause it's just like, I want to feel that more. <laughs> The stuff like Kiji Haino is a little different. Just yeah, so like well, there's, abrasive. You, you can't escape it. Yeah, yeah. I would go outside. I would go outside just to open the door. Yeah, um, and just to, like have it like just to hear it crumb, just like to hear it spill out into OTR and see like these dude bros like like walk and then just like walk like walk away from like you know like the door like they're like looking in there. Oh Sounds like it like a jet engine is just like yeah. you know yeah somebody turn on a jet engine in the woodward. Um, guy. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, Fritz, thank you so much for chatting yeah. with me. This has been, um, been great. a really illuminating conversation. Um, and is there anything that you want to plug? Any um, albums that you have? Yeah, I uh, I put out I put out an hour long cut of the five mm-hmm. hour thing. Yep. Um, that's on future recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Drone Marathon Number One. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also put out. A quick little, like, 20-minute piece of music um, on a mini-CD. Whoa, yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing, like, in high school, going through all these blog spots. I came up in, like, the CDR world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved, like, weird CD packages. Yeah, the three three inch like, CDs and... It's just like floppy cool. disks and <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Was it like mini RS apothecaries? Everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, mini mini CDRs. Um, good time. So it's just like I had this like twenty minute piece lying around um, that I wanted to put on a mini disc, cool. and I got some. Um, that one is for. Uh, it's made from like a sample keyboard that I got. So I think it's my voice and. Uh, piano and like vibraphone samples uh run through some max msp software um it's a big kind of like and what's that called north side man cool um because i think the album art was the first thing to come up um it was like it's a it's a picture of an atm um that we have in north side <laughs> but somebody found like the the pdf with the plans for it and there was a weird like art piece of an orange man next to it <laughs> um, which was a like 500 comment Facebook thread of like let's put a hat on it um, and I was like I'm going to make this album art awesome. um, so those two things are both on the fritzpape.bandcamp.com cool. website along with like the recording of when you were like 16 uh, the uh, those are on a separate one but like the early Einstein records are still on there um, I think I think the early one is just Fritz Pape Acoustic. Okay. Uh, Bandcamp.com. Okay. Um, and then Such is Progress. Mm-hmm. Man, um, I'm gonna have to check all these out. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm gonna pull it up in a second. Yeah. Because some, I mean, honestly, some of the acoustic stuff is pretty cool. Cool. Maybe I'll play it out with like. Cool. Such is yeah. Progress. Oof, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Do I have anything coming out? I've got like piles and piles of tapes of, rec- of like recordings, um, that I want to put out, but like. I'm tired of putting it out myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, eventually I'm going to send it to some people. Cool. So we'll see. It's always something. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Um, this has been Fritz Pape. Um, <laughs>